Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today we're taking some time to talk about using art and creativity as a way of opening our awareness to the divine within and around us. And so probably all of us know this can be done in so many ways, painting, music, movement, writing. It's just vast the amount of ways that one can be creative. But for many, it can be a useful way of switching that focus in order to become more connected to process and meaning over and above that experience of feeling like, oh, I've got to focus on product and end result. So I think for me, there's this phrase that I sometimes hear, we are human beings, not human doings. And I think that creativity often helps me bring in that experience of being a human being. It helps me get into that space of feeling calmer. It helps me to slow down. And so with that being said, I'd love to open the conversation up today. Is it similarly true for you? Or are there other ways in which creativity and art enhance your spiritual lives? I would say most definitely art and creativity uh, helps me to shed away some of the barriers or distractions that I have. I, f- I feel like it opens me up to possibility. It opens me up to, you know, it kind of just removes that veil, that layer between me and the divine. And so whenever I fully let myself immerse or engage in creativity, I find all kinds of possibilities uh, at my fingertips. So I would say most definitely. I think the the thing that most readily comes to mind is poetry. And I think I've mentioned before, I, I did not grow up with poetry. Poetry was maybe something that you looked down upon. <laughs> you know, like who has who has time for that? I uh, went on a silent retreat and I decided to try this writing poetry, the setting that I was in, I was having somewhat a a challenge with all the free time that I had. And I think, you know, it's like my mind was wondering and going to all these different places. And I found that setting down and writing poetry was just an absolute fantastic way to connect me to, to God in, in that moment, in that experience. So Absolutely. I think I'm recognizing on this podcast that I am with two people who are very artistic with, you know, you're both musicians and art and music plays a predominant role. And so I think sometimes when we're having these types of conversations, I can wonder, okay, is this me? I'm not really an artist. You know, I I certainly have particular creative outlets, but it's not the standard. Like I don't bust out paints or those sorts of things. But I think recognizing that, you know, if we lower the definition of what that means to be creative, then absolutely. I think, you know, sometimes for me, even cooking and being creative in the kitchen is an outlet for me, or um, I, I do like to write and journal. So that is something that is probably more of a personal processing than something that I'm necessarily sharing outward. Um, so anyway, maybe just to mention for those that maybe don't immediately identify with like, oh yeah, art, creativity, that's how I would identify myself. I do think that there are on-ramps for even people like us. No, I love what you're saying um, because 
I, I am artistic, but I think maybe all of us have this feeling of, uh, am I good enough at this to, to do anything or to share it even? And so sometimes I've been with people and they've got these really fancy chalks or charcoals or watercolors and they can do these amazing things. And I feel like, oh, here's my like fifth grade art. Uh, and then other people will say like, no, it's totally not fifth grade art. But I was reading an article recently about this very sort of thing which I think kind of is it's because of our culture about how we feel like we have to have end results and if we if we make something then we should probably market it, sell it, offer it up to people, make money on it. And so the article was all about how art and the contemplative is not about doing any of those things. It's about the whole process. It's about the the meaning behind it. It's it's not that end result. And so you don't have to worry about it, which I think for one thing gives me that kind of exhale of going like, okay, great. I don't have to produce. This is just what's coming out of me. But it also reminded me of labyrinth walking where it's not about getting to the center. It's about the process, the whole thing. It is solved by walking. So I, I do resonate with what you're saying. Yeah, I, I find that there's there's ways to engage with different types of art that might take us out of our comfort zones. I remember going to some retreat and, you know, they offered up this way uh, to engage with God in the retreat by doing a mandala. And I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, it's like, I've never engaged in anything thing like that. It it feels foreign to me. And I think part of this, what we're talking about in art and creativity and the contemplative, it's opening ourselves up to engage in a new experience that might connect us to the divine. And so recently I was at an event and one of the things that we were doing is we were doing some breath work and then we were invited by... Uh, the facilitator to sort of do some body movement. I'm going to play some music and then you just move your body. I don't know. I just had lots of images of a bigger man in a, in a tutu and gracefully dancing across the floor. I just had, I struggled because of my imagery of body movement, what it looks like. You know, I'm not a ballerina. I can't gracefully do a pirouette or anything like that as people are looking at me. And I found that I had to sink into myself and say, okay, what, how am I going to connect with this right now? There's barriers that we have, or there's these, these things that I don't know if I'm willing to take the risk to do that. And I think if we could just slow it down and say, well, okay, what does this look like for me personally? How can I engage with what's being offered. Like people do things together. I think there's something very powerful about engaging in a creative act with other people. So I think one of the things that sticks out from this gathering is other people who normally don't do something like body movement found that they were engaging with God in ways that they never had before. It lent an energy to the air that we all got to experience together. And so that's another thing that comes up for me with art and creativity. It's important to name that there's a vulnerability vulnerability piece with art, you know, whether it's what you're talking about of kind of being stretched out of your zone with a mandala or movement, or, you know, just even getting in touch with the deeper parts of you and, and, and what that means there's a vulnerability to it. I would say also on a practical end, I think sometimes just having things accessible. And so, you know, 
probably about a half a year ago, we, I had an extra, like this really large table with the intention of doing crafty kind of stuff. And I moved it into the basement area. And one of my kids, like that is her zone. Like she is there all the time making bracelets and listening to her audiobook. And it's sort of her way of decompressing and winding down. And then we moved a drum set into my other kid's room. And when there's like high emotions, you hear the drums going and that's an outlet and a release. Several years ago in our living room area, we hung the guitar, the banjo, we have a piano in there. And so when we're kind of just like in those in-between moments where we're done with dinner and maybe going to transition to the next thing, different ones of the family member will gravitate towards the instruments because they're out there and available. And so I think there is something to recognizing this is an important outlet to your point, Christina, that I, I do think we all have those sorts of things. Maybe for me, it's wandering around a new grocery store one that I don't normally go to and getting inspired by, you know, something that I see on the shelf that I might want to use in cooking. And so exposing myself to those things. So I do think it's important to recognize the barriers, but also just like having things accessible seems really important and very practical. No, I, I appreciate that. And it, it is helpful if they're available to us and we know that we can do them. And I think there's numerous things that come up. Like you had mentioned journaling even, and we don't necessarily think of journaling as, creative maybe I wonder but because maybe because we thought of it as a diary or something that was personal to us but recently I did this month-long my deepest me type reflections like a daily reflection and I did a lot of journaling but then I would get done and realize look at all the words and so I started using haiku at the end of my journaling time as a way to maybe put it all down in less words and they became it became a ritual at the end of each of these days as often as I could I often missed the weekends because weekends have their own rhythm but um of just having a moment to tie it all up and it was almost like building an altar like you could come back to it you know, that's what they did like that's what the old testament did they would build an altar so that they could always remember this special thing that had happened there and these haikus became a little bit like that for me and uh, I ended up putting them all into one document and sharing them with my family, which is the opposite of what I said before about how you don't have to have an end product, but because I wanted to be able to go back to them, you know, myself. Yeah, I like that. I experienced that on my walks. There's there's a little path that I take and uh, someone throughout the year makes some sort of bracelet. This person puts it on a branch. I, I'm assuming that they're a walker in the woods as well. and. When you pass by that, it sort of signifies something. It's this experience that not only do they have, but I have with them. And so I like that you're identifying that maybe we have these, these markers that identify certain periods in our life. And I do think that, again, there's this opportunity to go into new territories with art that we don't just get from kind of our basic, maybe spiritual practices. And Christina, I know that you're really into color and... I've never really understood that. I, I and I know you you love that and cel I celebrate that with you, but this, you know, last weekend I was in a, a seminar and somebody else brought up colors and they specifically were mentioning that like each of the chakras have a different color. And I was sort of thinking about chakras. And so when they mentioned, oh, this particular chakra is this color, it was like, oh, I get that. Like there's something about that particular color that feels very vibrant and it made sense the way that she had connected it. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe that there is something that color can offer me that we're, I'm a very words-based person, hence the journaling, et cetera. But, you know, 
And even as I'm putting together a bouquet of fresh flowers for the dining table once a week or things like that, it's like, there is something about color that engages my spirit in a new way, celebratory. And so I think, again, these opportunities where maybe at first we aren't connecting with the, like the haiku or the different things that you're mentioning with body, but then we might return back to it and it, it can be a different invitation to us towards that artistic side. No, I think that's so true because pretty much any time something has been introduced to me, I think similar to Chris's thing about you want me to do what with my body? <laughs> um, this has been kind of my story for years because I first went to school for opera. So there was all these moments of you're on stage, they ask you to do something really weird. And uh, so very early on, I was exposed to this this is happening. I just like, I guess I got to jump in with two feet because it's sink or swim here. And so I would just kind of go into it. Uh, movement has that for me. Like some people, my, my oldest, she's been in dance since she was six. Her body does things that I find amazing. And people that dance, it, it's like that. I, I never got to take dance. So I feel very self-conscious about my body, but I'm willing to jump in and see what will happen. And I think this is true of the contemplative, irregardless for me. It doesn't have to be creativity. But we often, I often go in thinking, what am I going to get from this? Is this going to work? Will God speak to me <laughs> by doing this kind of a thing? And then what I've observed in the world is uh, people often walk away from retreats and spiritual experiences feeling so surprised that God spoke to me. That was amazing. And the same has been true in creativity. Like, okay, I'm going to do this weird movement thing. And then I will find myself surprised because of how not in tune I often am to my body, right? I'm not paying enough attention. So maybe we pretend that we're a tree and we drop our leaves and I get stuck down there. Like I can't regrow. I can't. And then that teaches me something like, why am I stuck bent over like this or uh, you know, we're, we're flowing, we're moving to the music, and I decided to turn there. Why did I decide to turn there? That that was, like, completely independent. So, again, this slowing down, getting to ask ourselves questions, getting to notice things about ourselves, and it it is vulnerable, and we often don't know if anything's going to come of it, and then, boom, something unexpected happens. And I might just add one more piece that, it, in my opinion, it doesn't mean that we have to create the art. Sometimes just taking in art and appreciating creativity also, I think, nourishes the soul. And so whether it's listening to a moving piece of music, I'm not going to play that because I can't, but I can certainly be moved by a piece of music or photos or things like that. And so I, I, I want to make sure that we're mentioning, too, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're creating or putting art into the world. It can be taking in art as well. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful point. Um sometimes like you were mentioning color before right we can do this with visio divina like what is standing out to me what about this would come up why is this happening what what might god be saying to me in the midst of this um that's that same experience and we can do it with music or painting or or none of those right it could just be on our nature walk as you were pointing out it doesn't have to be a specific sometimes it's like Art is kind of everywhere. The way the sky is painted, my children right now are into figuring out what clouds look like to them. So oftentimes on drives, there's commentary about the clouds. And, you know, even our littlest 
I was so surprised, and, and I've mentioned this before, but he will comment on the beauty of the snow or whatever. So even that has an element of, it's, it's art all around us. It's just painted into the world. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Hopefully it inspires all of us towards a little bit of creativity in some way. is the part of our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So tell me, what are you into? Well, I am into sunrises. Every morning, I walk my oldest child to the bus stop, and it is kind of a time for us to to bond. And every morning, the sun has been just peeking over the trees at the at the bus stop and so we're rating the sunrises by is this picture worthy and so this morning the sunrise was very picture worthy and it's something that we we look forward to as we walk to the bus stop so i'm into beautiful sunrises with my oldest Nice. Um, well, I am into my new pair of bell-bottom jeans. They are very comfortable and fun. And often I shy away from bell-bottoms because I'm super short. But one of my neighbors is a seamstress I discovered during the pandemic. And so she hemmed these awesome pair of bell-bottoms. And so it's just a fun fashion splash for the fall. So that's what I am into. How exciting. I love it. Both of those, actually. Uh, I think... And we're almost at the end of this possibility, but this time of year, there sometimes is an influx of cucumbers, not just from our garden, but from my husband's parents' garden and his husband's sister's garden and my husband's aunt's garden. Everybody's got a garden. And so we were getting so many pickles. We started making these refrigerator pickles, like just get a big bucket out, put some brine in there, and then you can eat them. And I have found... These things are delightful. Like they're tasty, they're light, they're crispy, they're crunchy. They, they're, you know, there's like almost no consequence to eating them. And so I have had refrigerator pickles like in the middle of the day, at the, <laughs> at the end of a meal, if I'm still a little bit hungry, they've just come out all the time. And I recognize that it's a brief period of time because you won't have them forever. So I'm savoring the moment. Well, thank you everybody for being with us. We'll look forward to seeing you again next time. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week. Uh-huh.